Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Charles Lawrence Thompson, also known as Chuck. How's it going today, Chuck? Howdy-do, Nate. Howdy-do, Charlie. What do you say? <laughs> How you been, man? I've been pretty good, man. I just watched the uh, season premiere of Yellowstone last night. Glad you got that dip in before the show. Mm-hmm. It is good. You got your spit can? Man, let me tell you what. We got some good Liberty goodness to talk about today, mm-hmm. all right? But first, I got to tell you all to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com as I switch back into my uh, southern white voice. <laughs> I'll switch back into that. Well, if, you, if you're not watching the video, which you could if you went and, and signed up. you have up, a little bit of Asian heritage in there. A little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Maybe but like an eighth. Twelve, an eighth. At least 12.5% that we know of. It mm. could be more. I have not done the test. I know it's 12.5% at least. So, you know, I don't know if that gives me a privilege on both sides, I guess. Mm. That's why my life has been so gall darn perfect. <laughs> so far is because of both of those privileges but anyway if you want to see the cowboy hat that i'm wearing right now then you want to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com sign up for as little as five bucks a month and you can join the discord group and watch us live every day of the week when we want to okay we got some news over the weekend let's get right into it first stuff going on yeah a lot of stuff going on right now this is kind of a weekend recap today that's what we do on mondays okay it's a weekend recap Everything everything will be old news every episode. Today's week in recap. Fridays are just old news from the week. That's what we do. Old news every day of the week when we want to. Good the, morning, old news, Liberty. The house and in the afternoon also. We can't even yeah. catch the mornings. By the way, the, the freaking time change, I hate it. Can we complain about the time change for I'm a minute? I'm tired because I got more sleep. I know. <laughs> On Saturday. They freaking, you know, when they go in the daylight. Look, can we talk about how depressing the winter time is? It's terrible. It is. I Look, I am mostly an optimistic person, and I struggle. November, December, January, February, I struggle. It's a depressing time. It is. Yeah. But I do. I start to get happier December 22nd. It's (laughs) the day after the... The, the winter, shortest day of the year. The Every it's, it's uphill from there. That's the mm-hmm. bottom of the hill. You go uphill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but although, wouldn't it be easier to go downhill? So, like, it's nicer going downhill. So, is it downhill from there? It depends. Maybe? I mean, because everything gets easier. It, it depends. I mean, if if it's you know if it's your cross to bear, <laughs> and you've got to go up the hill to bear it. I was looking up daylight saving time earlier. This is from Wikipedia. For that, I didn't look up anything else because everything's right on Wikipedia. But um. The idea of aligning waking hours to daylight hours to conserve candles was first proposed in 1784 by American inventor Benjamin Franklin. In a satirical letter to the editor of the Journal of Paris, it was a joke. (laughs) Okay. Little did he know how much it would ruin our lives. We're done with the candles. Okay. Mm -hmm. This doesn't matter anymore. Actually, research indicates that because of the change, that it actually leads to more heart attacks, strokes, um, depression, car Mm -hmm. accidents, all kinds of things. Yeah. And here we are having the government control our lives (laughs) through time zones. And and somehow the federal government has purview on setting that. Over time. Time itself. It's it's, it's (laughs) completely unbelievable. Now, good news. 
Maybe I should share. Uh, maybe I should save this for White Pill Wednesday, but I'm going to give I'm going to give you one early. Okay. Which is they reintroduced the Save Daylight Act or whatever it's called. <laughs> save the Sunshine Act. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it's called. But they reintroduced that. It's been introduced now several times. It always gets killed in committee. And I can't figure out why, even though... That's because they run out of time. It has like 23 co-sponsors. Yeah. Now, it was reintroduced in January. They didn't get it done before, you know, we changed the times. Mm-hmm. This, before we saved fall. the daylight. And uh, But it just got reintroduced, so hopefully they can... You know, maybe pass it by next year. This is something I would very much get behind because I, I would. Ha- listen, I I get up pretty early this morning. I will say it was a little bit nicer because on my way into work around like five forty-five, the sun was coming up a little bit. So I got I got to watch the sunrise through beautiful Smyrna, Tennessee, on my way here this morning, and that that was all right. You know, uh, normally it's you just feel more awake. No, normally it's just pitch black dark by the time I get to the office, but now it's going to be dark by the time I leave every day because I'm here from about six to six every day. And so I'll barely see a little bit of the sun when Screw I come in the work. Just go back to the, you know, the good old days before we start, before we started keeping time. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep time. You wake up when the sun comes up, you go to bed when the sun goes down. Yeah. In the winter, you get a lot more sleep than the summer. Summer's your productive months. Mm-hmm. winter's your hibernating months i think that makes sense the bears do it <laughs> maybe maybe they're on to something bears <laughs> maybe they're on to something we got to take a break and talk about our sponsor BetterHelp. is there something interfering with your happiness something preventing you from achieving your goals i've gone through this before charlie's gone through this before he uses BetterHelp himself I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment. So much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient, it's professional, it's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you wanna start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash 
GML. Okay, on to the news. Just a little bit of everyone can agree that it sucks when they change when they change the time. It just messes up everything. The House has passed. I think it should be the number one libertarian issue. <laughs> we could get so many people on board. We could, we could right there. Everyone probably agrees for the most part. That's, they should be the leader on ending daylight savings time. Exactly. Or whatever this is that we mm, just went into. It's so important. Okay. The House just passed a major infrastructure bill. Here, here is what's in it. Now, this is the smaller, the baby bill compared to the others. T- today, these days in 2021, a small baby bill is $1.2 trillion. Mm-hmm. That's what a small bill is. And they're great at this negotiating. They throw out a $3.5 trillion bill. They're like, oh, I guess we'll settle for half as much, $1.75 trillion. And we'll work on this little crappy bill that's only got $1.2 trillion of spending, where a, where a few years ago, that would have just been a massive package, just the biggest package you'd ever seen in your whole life but these days in the days of covid ac after covid that is not really that much of a bill okay on friday the u.s house of representatives passed a 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill after biden signs it i don't know if he did it yet today they're waiting on him to wake up it will inject 550 billion in new spending over the course of five years into america's roads bridges tunnels airports and other physical infrastructure badly in need of an update now just take that first sentence there. Mm-hmm. and what's wrong with that? Well, first off, I'm I'm wondering why the $1.2 trillion bill is going to inject $550 billion <laughs> in new spending. So the $1.2 trillion <laughs> infrastructure spending, not even half of it. <laughs> not even half. Not even half of it is going to actual infrastructure. That's a good point. And it's named infrastructure. That's true. So half would be six hundred billion for those of you that don't math very well. Not even half, about forty nine percent of the actual money allocated in the infrastructure bills for infrastructure. But these days we're like, oh, that's pretty good. About forty eight percent of it's going to go to the infrastructure. That's better than normal. Forty eight percent. Whatever, whatever it is. The bill was helmed by Democrats in both chambers, but nineteen Republican senators and thirteen Republican representatives voted for it. All right. So it's not just the Democrats boning you right now. It's the Republicans, too. And that is pretty much the story of everyone's lives. Let's go through some of the things that are actually in the bill so we can just have a a, a little bit of an idea of what's going on here. The Army Corps of Engineers will get $11.6 billion for projects related to flood control. FEMA will get another $3.5 billion for flood mitigation and assistance. The NOAA will get $140 million for forecasting climate change. They're going to get $140 million to forecast climate change and roughly half a billion in additional dollars to better map and forecast inland coastal flooding. This is the idea, of course, that we're all just going to be underwater here pretty soon. More than $100 million will go to the Bureau of Indian Affairs for relocating indigenous communities away from climate risks like sea level rise aging power grids across the u.s will get 65 billion dollars for upgrades i feel like uh you know if they were all owned by private companies working in an actual free market you would want to upgrade upgrade your power grid so you could perform a good service for people mm-hmm. but that's that's not what we're working with read right the here next one okay go ahead the energy department's wap 
I put okay. the I put the WAP in there. Oh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> the WAP, the Weatherization Assistance Program. Their WAP will get three and a half billion to help low income households become more energy efficient. <laughs> new, new. Okay. Wet ass p word <laughs> is gonna get. Three and a half billion dollars. The weatherization assistance <laughs> P word. We'll get three point five billion. The bill Whoa. invests thirty nine billion in modernizing public transit. Sixty. You know what do you have to do for private transit to modernize it? That's what. That's what uh, Ford and Tesla and GM and Toyota and all them been waiting on. We've been stuck with these nineteen eighties cars this whole time because we need to modernize them, and we haven't been able to get any money from Congress to modernize the transit. <laughs> Sixty-six billion in doing the same for passenger and freight rail. Amtrak needs a big upgrade. <laughs> Five billion to get started on a national network of electric vehicle charges chargers. Because that's what um. In which, when they had the EV meeting, they didn't even invite Tesla. Yeah, that was a good that was a good video from yeah. Musk, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, five billion to get started on the chargers. Now, people like Tesla and a lot of other companies are already doing this out here. Do you think Tesla is going to make all the cars they need to make if there aren't any chargers out there to yeah. charge them? No, they wouldn't work. There's Tesla, Blink, EVGo, ChargePoint, ChargePoint. There's a bunch of companies that are already doing this. Mm-hmm. But now they get some government money. Yeah, yeah, five billion dollar, two point five billion that could be put toward any kind of alternative fueling infrastructure, including natural gas, hydrogen, and propane. Five billion to replace old polluting school buses with lower carbon options, with half the money designated for electric school buses. Eight point five billion to start building the machinery, pipelines, and other infrastructure necessary to capture carbon dioxide emissions. It's probably the only. It's probably the only worthwhile thing in the in the whole thing if they were going to spend money to try to do a carbon capture thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 110 billion dollars for roads, bridges, and major infrastructure projects. 110 billion for roads and bridges and major projects. Now, now we've whittled the list down to what your roads are going to be getting out of the infrastructure bill, out of the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill. 0.1 trillion of it is going to roads and bridges. 11 billion for transportation safety, 55 billion to upgrade aging water infrastructure and replace the lead service lines and pipes, which 25 billion to fix America's airports. That's why United and Southwest have been having all these issues Mm -hmm. because America's airports are messed up. They're trash. Yeah, that's what's wrong with them. 18 billion in loan guarantees for a 38 billion dollar liquefied natural gas export terminal in Alaska. <laughs> now, what do all of these have in common? Nate, what's the common denominator for all of these? Um, they're all being they're all using stolen money. <laughs> well, yeah, but what's the what's the what's the common denominator? Mm, I'm not sure. Climate change? All of these you industries are unionized. Oh, yeah, that's true. Every single one of them is unionized. Yeah. So look at all these industries that are getting massive amounts of injected cash, and they all happen to, all their labor is unionized. And it's just a bunch. I can't think of one company that's going to do any of this work that doesn't have union employees. That's true. So how is this, I mean, I know all politicians do it, but how is this just not like blatant, like, it is blatant, but people are okay with it because unions are 
for, better. They're for the worker. Yeah, they're for the worker. They're for so the people worker. are okay with the blatant nature of the fact that the unions buy off the politicians because it's for the greater good. Yeah, okay. uh, they're not. They don't need to hide it. I miss know? that. But the the fact of the matter is here that they don't need to spend this money. They they really don't have to spend most of the money. You can make a case for some of it. But not in the libertarian world. But if you were like planning an area, if you were actually trying to plan your little sim city that you were doing, then you would actually spend some of this money. Maybe you need to upgrade your roads. Okay, let's not get into the libertarian roads thing. A lot of this are, are just give outs to companies that would have otherwise done it regardless because they needed to to stay in business if they would allow free market competition in those areas. Uh, but they're just going to give out money. And the the other problem is when they do this, they artificially inflate the price of whatever it is that all these people are doing. So if you actually care about any of this stuff, then you don't want the government throwing money at it because when they throw money at things, everything is more expensive because the money's not spent efficiently because it doesn't need to be because it's taken through theft. Yeah. All right. I mean, this is legit pay for play scheme. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. works out all the time in government. This is what happens. You pay your buddies and then you're, I'm sure Biden's son is going to end up on the board of one of these companies out there. <laughs> That's true. Know, just getting the funneling the money back mm-hmm. to where it came from. Look at all this stuff I did for you. You owe me now, unions. You better pour more money into my campaign. Which, whichever one has the largest stockpile of cocaine. Yeah. That'll be the one. So all these things, I mean, this is, um, oh, you know, it's just... It's simply unbelievable. It's a bunch of and pork. It's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of waste. Inflation's already, mm-hmm. you know super high it's just going to keep going well this is how you fix it you just send more money into the economy this is a consequence of that and then you know it just these these types of things just blow my mind um like you said if we these types of market necessities will take care of themselves yeah it really needs to be done you know the biggest the the biggest arguments there could be made first off on the ev charging thing they don't need to put any money towards ev charging at all there are there's billions to trillions of dollars out there in the EV market from these companies that Where's are creating the other 650 these. billion going. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. This is just the actual infrastructure part that I found. I don't know what the other stuff is. I do know there is some uh, crypto um, regulation regulation in this bill too, because that's part in of this in- bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's part of infrastructure. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely part of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I saw they were going towards some of the uh, trying to attack some of the stable coins uh, right now is one of the main things they're doing because they don't want the competition. Mm-mm. They don't. They don't want that at all. They and they they want to have a monopoly on the money supply. If you if they start seeing that you don't have to use their money supply, then they lose their power. I mean, you can't do anything without the money. So if someone else is creating money. They don't like that. Mm-mm. They don't like that Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. Another big thing, the OSHA mandate was stayed over the weekend, kind of temporarily blocked for the moment. Here we go, folks. Here this we go into the VAX mandates. Coming from reason, I don't want to hear anything from the live group about this, okay? <laughs> I've got a, you know, I've got an annoying conversation to have with everyone uh, okay. on this whole on this whole thing. Here are the arguments that persuaded the Fifth Circuit to block OSHA's vaccine mandate for private employers. The Fifth Circuit Court uh, stayed the Biden administration's brand new COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private employers. The appeals court said the arguments made by the petitioners give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. By the way, this took a day. It's of the day after it, the, they, uh, they officially posted the order. 
The federal government has no general authority to protect public health, control communicable diseases, or require vaccination, all of which are primarily state responsibilities. The administration, therefore, presented the vaccine mandate as an emergency temporary standard issued by OSHA, which is charged specifically with protecting employees from workplace hazards. As the Fifth 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 Circuit indicated, that legal strategy leaves the mandate open to challenge on both statutory and constitutional grounds. So they make a pretty good case here through this through this article as to why this got stayed so easily. Like they're just finding no grounds for mm-hmm. it, which is which is a good thing. The plaintiffs in BST Holdings versus OSHA argues that the ETS exceeds the agency's authority under the Occupational Safety and Health Act. The ETS option, which is the emergency temporary standard, yes. by the way. Which OSHA rarely uses allows the agency to circumvent the usual rulemaking process, which typically takes years by imposing regulations that take effect immediately upon publication. The plaintiffs on the Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit Why case, can't you say circuit? Fifth Circuit case argue the ETS goes beyond OSHA's mission to protect occupational health and safety because it is not related to the workplace. The agency has authority over workplace-related hazards, they say, not any hazard one might encounter anywhere in the world. So that's a good point there. The the, the OSHA, if it were to exist, is supposed to protect against specific workplace hazards that are unique to that workplace. That is what it's supposed to help with. Not a hazard that all of us encounter throughout our daily lives, probably for the rest of our lives. So that's not what it's supposed to, that's not what it's meant to protect against. Not some general hazard of life, which is encountering viruses. And what Jeff just said, the emergency part, they're using the emergency temporary standard. What an emergency this is. Years after the actual pandemic occurred, a year after we got the vaccines, They mentioned they were going to do this two months ago, and then they came out with it. And then it doesn't even take effect for another two months because they're worried about interrupting the workplace during the busy holiday season. That's how much of an emergency Mm. this is. Such an emergency. They're like, the places are going to be too busy during the holiday season for us to enact this emergency. (laughs) We Mm. are going to wait until January to enact the emergency. Makes perfect sense. That's to give people time. You yeah. Know, the vaccine's yeah. only been out for a year. Yeah. As Joe indicates here. Yeah. It's been around for two years. We waited almost, uh, vaccines out for almost a year. All <laughs> right. On the interstate commerce, the brief notes that the mandate, the mandate's limit to employers with $100 or more employee, 100, Jesus, Lord have mercy on my speaking soul. <laughs> Please, God, would you rain down upon Charlie the ability to, re- give to me read the ability these to paragraphs. cite these words written <laughs> on this piece of digital paper. The brief notes that, quote, the mandates limit to employees with 100 or more employees does not actually limit its reach to interstate activities. Since some employers with more than 100 employees do not engage in interstate activities at all, while some employers with fewer than 100 employees engage in extensive interstate activity. So they're saying this don't make no sense. You drive all over the place. I do. I have a lot of interstate activity and I'm only one employee. (laughs) I know. OSHA for Congress did not make any findings regarding the effect of COVID-19 vaccinations and testing on interstate commerce. 
The agency's aim is to protect unvaccinated employees from the risk posed by their own choice to remain unvaccinated. If those choices can be said to affect interstate commerce, it is only by piling interference upon interference. Infer- inference. Sorry, inference upon inference, in which the Supreme Court has said is not a justification for federal regulation since it would bid fair to convert congressional authority under the Commerce Clause to a general police power of the sort retained by the states. I like this judge so far. I don't know what else the judge has done, but pretty good stuff. Which, I mean, you know, Supreme Court, they obviously have given the federal government way too much power in the Commerce Clause, but at least they stopped this one. Yeah. The vaccine mandate faces additional challenges, including lawsuits backed by the attorney generals of 26 states in the 5th, 6th, 8th, and 11th circuits. Last week, the New York Times reported that the legal experts say OSHA has the authority to introduce a vaccine mandate. They have the authority to introduce a vaccine. Yeah. (laughs) What a a word salad this is. Let me just mix this up for you. Yeah, they've got the legal authority to introduce it. Of course they can. I have the legal authority to introduce all kinds of stuff. I'll introduce one too. That's great. Are we frozen right now? Judging. Okay, they said we're back. Okay. Judge. All better now. I think we're good. I was pretending to be oh, okay. kind of frozen. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to freeze with you there, too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, so let me read it again, because they said recap. Okay. <laughs> so, OSHA for Congress did not make any findings regarding the effect of COVID-19 vaccinations and testing on interstate commerce. The agency's aim is to protect unvaccinated employees from the risk posed by their own choice to remain unvaccinated. If those choices can be said to affect interstate commerce, it is only by piling inference upon inference, which the Supreme Court has said is not a justification for federal regulation, since it would bid fair to convert congressional authority under the Commerce Clause to a general police power of the sort retained by the states. They're supposed to be the police states. Yeah. (laughs) The literal police states. The states. Yeah. (laughs) So at least as much as, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled that the Commerce Clause gives the federal government all sorts of power. At least they stopped this one. That's what I was getting Because at. they're not making any arguments to this affecting interstate commerce <laughs> at all. The vaccine mandate faces additional challenges, including lawsuits backed by the attorney general, the attorneys general of 26 states in the 5th, 6th, 8th and 11th circuits. Last week, the New York Times reported that the legal experts say OSHA has the authority to introduce a vaccine mandate. Mm -hmm. Judging from the Fifth Circuit Circuit stay and all the other litigation uh, contesting OSHA's authority, that assessment seems premature. Well, the assessment said that they have the right to introduce a vaccine mandate. Yeah. So we all have the right to introduce all kinds of things. That might be the the proper assessment from that, that they can introduce something. All right. I would like to introduce to the live group a stay on the vaccine mandate. <laughs> You've got the right to do that. I've got the right. I, have, I would like to introduce a vaccine mandate on the group. And I'm going to introduce a stay on that. Okay. Introduction. We of both yours. have the right to introduce those things. Mm-hmm. All That's right. right. There we go. Um, uh, can I say something annoyingly towards the point of our vaccine mandate Absolutely. conversation? Absolutely. Like for a minute, just for a minute. Okay. You get we, one minute. I'll time you right now. The argument seemed to the the argument. Some of what I was picking up on was that we have got to have the states come in and ban this because 
of our rights to not have to get vaccinated to work at the workplace or they don't have the authority to do this. But I feel like during the whole conversation, we forgot about um, the courts, which are supposed to be the backstop on this whole thing. And maybe it was premature to decide to let go of our principles uh, to ban some of these things without seeing first if the courts were going to block the federal government from doing it. I would just I would just say that that maybe maybe we took our liberty chips down too quickly and didn't assume that they were going to say that this was unconstitutional. You know, maybe that maybe we could wait for that for them to say that the government does have the right to do this and then say that the libertarian principles are annoying. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's also possible. I'll be in their defense for a second. It's possible you have a stay here from the 5th, but the 6th, 8th, and 11th could mm-hmm. all say they do have it. Yeah. So The point I, here is to block it until it actually gets to the Supreme Court. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's the thing. It's yeah. going to end up in the Supreme's court. Yeah. Okay? And then we'll have to see how Trump's appointees do, all you <laughs> Trump fans. Let's see how they actually hold their salt. I hope they do well. You know, uh, stay how, do, how do they hold the salt in their left hand? I think that's the question. And are they going to spill it and throw it over their shoulder? I don't know if they're going to do it. Like a continental soldier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another Supreme does, Court thing. Does your robe hang low? You know, we had this, uh, <laughs> we've got this whole Texas abortion law. I said abortion. Mm. Oh, Here correct. Here we go. Okay. We got this. We're not skirting around the difficult conversations today Texas on this Monday. Abortion law out there, and I have read a lot of stuff on this, making the same argument, and the the Supreme Court justices are saying the same thing. Um, this the 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 way that Texas did their abortion law, I think, is a very bad idea. Uh, essentially, clever. It's clever. Clever. But they did not think about well. What if people do this for other things? Now, this is not at all a conversation about whether or not abortion should be legal or illegal or is a right or is not a right. All right. That is not what this is at all. The question is. Oh, so you are skirting around the tough topic. Well, I want to get to the actual Mm, topic here. The question is, do we want to set a standard where the government can essentially skirt around that question of whether or not something is a constitutionally protected right? And set up this legal system where anyone can sue anyone for anything and whatever your rights are, be damned. And so that is what this argument is right here. Abortion providers and gun rights advocates are fighting together here to strike down the Texas's new abortion law. This is from the Texas Tribune. Abortion rights advocates have found an unexpected ally in their fight to overturn Texas's controversial abortion law. Gun rights advocates, fearful that the same mechanism employed to enforce the statute could later be applied to infringe on gun ownership. This is always a question you have to ask. Could, would I want this power turned back around on me? And that is what the people in Texas forgot Mm -hmm. to ask. They assume that people they like will always be in power. That issue played a key role in the oral arguments at the U.S. Supreme Court on Monday, where justices discussed how Texas's method of implementing its abortion law could put other constitutional rights at risk. The concern was first introduced in court by the Firearms Policy Coalition, a California-based nonprofit that advocates and defends gun rights laws nationally. The group authored an amicus brief in support of abortion providers, 
who presented arguments before the high court to block Texas's abortion, abortion restriction law, commonly referred to as Senate Bill 8. Quote from them, If Texas's scheme for postponing, postponing or evading federal judicial review is successful here, it will undoubtedly serve as a model for deterring and suppressing the exercise of numerous constitutional rights. New York is already experimenting with private enforcement of anti-gun laws and will no doubt gladly incorporate the lessons of this case to insulate its further efforts to suppress the right to keep and bear arms. So this is the thing that people really need to worry about is regardless of what the uh, what rights the Supreme Court has decided people have or the Constitution says that people have or are going to be protected. Can you just simply ignore those? and basically use this legal system to stop people from exercising those rights. Six Supreme Court justices stressed the same point Monday, and the lead attorney defending Texas affirmed that he believed the method could indeed be used in laws targeting other rights. The person defending Texas's law agreed that this could be used to target other rights. Melissa Murray, professor at New York University School of Law, called gun rights advocates support for abortion providers a case of strange bedfellows. It's like today it's abortion, tomorrow it's us, said Melissa Murray. I'm sure they see the writing on the wall. If this can happen in Texas, what's to stop California from doing something on the Second Amendment? Taken to its logical conclusion, this kind of enforcement mechanism can basically be used to chill a range of constitutional rights. And what is disfavored as abortion in some quarters, it's the Second Amendment. So uh, Justice Kavanaugh said there's a loophole being exploited here. It could be free speech rights. It could be free exercise of religion rights. It could be Second Amendment rights if this position is accepted here. Uh, Justice Elena Kagan said, isn't the point of a right that you don't have to ask Congress? Isn't the point of a right that it doesn't really matter what Congress thinks or what the majority of the American people think as to that right? That's Amen. an Amen. That's a interesting sentence coming from, from Elena Kagan. Isn't the point of a right that you don't have to ask Congress? Isn't the point of a right that it doesn't really matter what Congress thinks or what the majority of the American people think as to that right? Huh. That's crazy. Yes, I think. She said that the court continues to allow Texas to skirt judicial review in this way, it will invite other states to violate constitutional rights or federal law whenever they disagree. Anyway, what do you think about that, ma'am? I don't know. It's interesting because I see how it could be used against, you know, Second Amendment rights. Um, so, so I can see that. But at the same time, you know, how can the federal government tell a state what to do when there's no, there's no, they, they found a loophole. They hacked yeah. the system. Yeah. It is there's a strange nothing loophole. giving the Supreme Court or the federal government authority to tell Texas how they can and cannot write their own laws. Mm, isn't the job, isn't like one of the only jobs of the federal government to protect the your rights in the Constitution? Yes. And other ones that aren't listed out? Yes. So what would they do in that scenario where they just do things, well, see, they just what, pass a law see, that says okay. you can't speak? And see, this is the actual problem. We're going to get into abortion now. This is the actual problem with <laughs> mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade. Because the matter of life has nothing to do with federal purview whatsoever. So abortion being made legal by Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court was the wrong decision. I'm not saying that 
Well, I think it was a bad case. I, I think we need a new case to decide this. I, no, on the, no, the that's the, that that's the problem, though. Because <clears throat> they found it like on, on privacy, essentially. You yeah. know, well, private property rights. No privacy. Yeah. 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 A woman's privacy. Um, but it's also the wrong case, though, because only states have purview over life. Yeah. Basically, unless you commit a crime against the federal government. <laughs> but so this is why this and this is why Scalia argued um, w when asked about this is he talked about how states rights issues should be left to the states, because when you have a problem like this, well, now no one knows what to do, because technically the federal government doesn't have purview over this. But also people are afraid that other light, other rights are going to be taken away. But nowhere in the Constitution do you have a right to an abortion. Yeah. Right. Or or a, a right to privacy defined in that way by a court, so to speak. And this is why a lot of justices like Scalia or even Ron Paul were like, OK, states issues should be left up to states to decide what it is. <clears throat> but I, and I think the question there is. Is there a a uh, constitutionally protected right to the abortion, and that's where that's where that problem really comes in? Because I think if they were, say, in Texas, uh, Texas passed a law where people could essentially sue some sue someone who was selling guns for selling someone a gun, uh, then maybe would we would say that there shouldn't be a legal structure set up like that? I don't I don't know. Um, maybe they would say that you've got a you've got a constitutionally protected right in the Second Amendment, and that we're not going to have a legal system where the outcome is going to be just a random removal of your rights based on different lawsuits simply because you own a gun. And and so that's what I was saying when I started this is that if we remove the abortion part from the conversation, then should you be able to do this or would you want them to be able to do this? The question really comes into, well, do you have a right to an abortion? Do you have the right to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. uh, but I do, ha I do see an issue with this legal framework. And what I, you know, the issue I have with this, if they really wanted to do this, they should do it through a law actually saying that they're going to outlaw it past that. And then you would see whether or not that was constitutional. They're clearly going around it right now because they don't think it would be constitutional or they don't think the people would vote for it. And instead of creating this outside the judicial system, legal framework that they're doing, they should actually have the house and their state Senate and the governor all sign, create and sign a law saying that they're going to outlaw this instead of doing what they know they did, which is trying to get around this being able to be struck down by the Supreme court sometime because they're worried about what the constitutionality is going to be. And so that's, that's what I would like to see them do, because I I think they're right. I don't, I don't see any reason that if they allow this to go, why people can't do this for any amount of things yeah. down the road. Yeah, the, so the, the, the abortion debate's interesting to me. Um, now, I am a pro-life libertarian. I, I'm, I agree with Walter Block and Ron Paul um, and Napolitano and a lot of people that uh, are pro-life on the libertarian side. Um, but you can't a, agree with Napolitano. That guy's crazy. But, he thinks that corporations hey, have the right to to have vaccine mandates. Listen, did he really? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He he yeah. Uh, interviewed with Austin Peterson last week Let's and said, "Of course, of same. course, businesses have the right to yeah. to require vaccines. The governments don't." <laughs> now, now the problem with that though is is I'm a man, <laughs> so I can't talk about a woman's body. 
in 2021 because I don't know what it's like to be a woman uh, at all. That and so not even a little bit. I won't even I won't speak on that because <laughs> I not even a little bit. I don't know what it's like. So I'll let the women talk. And <laughs> Finally, it, and it turns out half of them believe it's murder and half of them believe it's not. <laughs> As I always say, I think abortion is an issue that will never be solved. Yeah. It's not going to be solved. But but this is why it's a really interesting thing is because is nowhere in the Constitution does it give you, and it, you know, nowhere in the Constitution does it protect a natural right to abortion. But when you think about abortion, um, I like to think of it in, pro, in private property, right? Because you can boil everything down to life, liberty, and property. Now, there's two things at play here. Sorry, I'm reading the life, Discord chat. It's always fun. There's two things at play in abortion, life and property, okay? Now, half of the women think it's not a life and that abortion's fine. The other half of women, at least when it comes to talking about the issue. Now, I don't know what their personal beliefs are. I didn't interview every woman, okay? I'm just looking at the stats, okay? And the other half of the women believe that it is a life and that you, you, you're not allowed to kill it. Now, where people... This is why I fall in line with the Walter Block theory of evictionism, which I think he got from somebody else, because I do think it is a private property matter to me in that even if a woman decides to become pregnant, even if she decides it, she invites the life in, which, by the way, we find out you can't creates it. Yeah. Um, even if she invites the creation of the life inside her from the get go at any point, she can decide. I don't want it. I don't want this person here anymore. Okay. Then she's at that point allowed to evict that person. Right. Similar thing. Instead of calling. Was the, that during the eviction moratorium though? Instead of calling the cops. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think then? I mean. Was that outlawing abortion? <laughs> probably the CDC. <laughs> they're crazy. But instead of calling the cops to have that person removed from your house, you're, you know, calling the doctor to have that person removed from your body. And I think that. To me, that's the the literally fairest, most balanced legal precedent that we could have is it protects private property and it also protects the life. But really, really what this boils down to is, again, it's, it has to be a state's right issue. I agree with Scalia and a lot of other legal scholars, um, and I agree with Ron Paul, that when it comes to these things that are not that weren't given to the federal government to have purview over. That means the 10th amendment applies. It should remain with the States for the States to decide on those different types of things. My, uh, my thing on that, what I always wonder is what is the job of the federal government? And if I can see the other sides of the argument, because let's say you're in the camp of believing that abortion is murder. And then we say it's a state's rights issue. I see where people hit a roadblock right there because if a state made it legal to commit murder, then I don't think we'd be saying that it was a state's rights issue because the job of the federal government is to make sure that life, liberty, and property are, are protected for all the citizens of the United States or for all the persons in the United States. And so you say that they should have that. So if a, if a state made it legal to murder someone, I think we would say that the federal government could come in and say, you can't murder people. Isn't that what abortion there. is? That's what I'm, I was just, that's what I started off with. <laughs> that's what half the country thinks. And so therefore you're saying it's not a state's rights issue because I would assume you'd say that if you're on, if you're in the camp of abortion is murder, 
then you would not agree with the federal, with the state saying that you could murder people. No, I'm saying what I'm saying is it should stay with the the laws regarding abortion should stay with the states until that issue's flushed out. Because the dialogue right now is that we've been trying to figure out for the last I don't know 60 years, the dialogue back and forth is half believe it's murder, half believe it's not. Now, you're going to have to come to some sort of consensus on that. Okay? And then once it's decided, once that dialogue flushes itself out and you can convince enough people that it's a life or you can convince enough people that it's not a life, you take into account the science, all those different types of things, um, then that's when it branches out. Let's say it becomes a protected life. Well, then, yeah, the federal government would have purview over stepping in on a state saying that it's still legal, even if it was decided that it's that it's a life. So there has to be this is why it's such a gray area. And, and the way to figure that out is to have a debate. Yeah. You see why I didn't want to actually talk about abortion mm-hmm. today? Just want to talk about the legal standard it's a, here. That's a very... It's a <laughs> and very... I know that murder is a state's rights issue, but we have yet to see... Like I'm just saying, if, a, if California came out tomorrow and said that you can murder anyone... Ten and under. It's legal. <laughs> you can murder someone um, unless they've stolen up to $950 in property from someone else. <laughs> you can't murder them. Uh, but you can murder anyone, then I believe there would be a case and there, that we would say that the federal government would come in and say, well, we have to protect that. And so I know that the states determine the laws for the murder, but that doesn't mean that the government would allow a state to legalize murder mm-hmm. of other people. And so uh, the states' rights thing when it comes to like deciding that someone can do that, just we can go to other ideas like... Uh, slavery like oh that's a state's rights issue or whatever i don't know the state decides they're going to legalize that i think the federal government could come in and say no you can't do that it says here in the constitution that we got to protect life liberty and property for all the people in the united states and they made amendments for those yeah yeah and there are amendments for those as well so anyway that's uh joe says you're being obtuse yeah deliberate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i am but uh I, i'm i think i'm trying to set a universal standard for what the rights are here and i understand the state's rights issue but we also have to well, realize yeah. that the state's rights issue uh we don't know what it would do if it just legalized literal murder like i'm gonna kill charlie today i'm gonna shoot him california says that's legal okay, i'm just well, gonna has, shoot charlie on to camera derive, it today. has to derive from natural rights you yeah know, natural right to life liberty and property okay half the country sees a fetus as a life the other half sees it as not a life that's why i said this is never so going to be decided so then the folks that don't see it as a life think that private property rights supersede the the cluster of cells or whatever it is <laughs> cancer <laughs> Get a tumor <laughs> that turns into Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh look, my cancer turned into look Tommy. Look at Charlie. Used to be a tumor. <laughs> used to be a tumor. <laughs> so whatever. Um, and then the other half sees it as a life and thinks that the life supersedes the private property rights. I think both can coexist. I don't. I don't know I do. how it's going to work. I do. I think both can coexist. Well, I think they can. I don't think they ever will. I'll say it that way. It's pot, yeah. yeah. But I don't see why we can't talk about it. Um, let's run through a, when keeping it woke goes wrong real quick. I thought this is too funny to not mention. Okay. So when keeping it woke goes wrong. Is this... Uh, the Native Americans one. Oh, okay. Next one down. The From Newsbreak. Okay. Native Americans sue Colorado over ban of Native American mascots. <laughs> 
So real quick again, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is when white people are less racist than the own race. Yeah. That they're trying to protect. Yep. Um, I mean, the Native Americans just don't know what's good for them. That's true. Obviously, if they yeah. knew what was good for them, well, then mm -hmm. they clearly would be in support. <laughs> Native Americans sue Colorado over ban of Native American mascots. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I love it. A law passed by the Democrat-controlled Colorado legislature threatened, uh, threatening public schools with a $25,000 fine for using any America. What? A $25,000 fine. Yeah, is that like a one-time fine? Who, who gives a shit? But also, they get the money from them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what the? That's true. You're like, I'm going to give you this money, yeah. and then I'm just going to take some of it back because <laughs> you did this thing. $25,000 fine for using any American Indian name as a mascot is being challenged in federal court by Native Americans who believe it violates their civil rights. The statute prevents them from petitioning schools to name themselves in honor of Native Americans. The $25,000 fine chills their speech, and the statute is so vague that persons of common intelligence must necessarily guess at the meaning, scope, and application of the bill. The complaint also alleges a violation of Title IV. Oh, sorry, Title IX. Of the that does say Title IV. This is Title I think it's supposed to be Title IX. Hmm. Of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which provides that no person shall, on the ground of race, color, national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So, they're in violation of the Civil Rights Act because they were trying to ban people from doing something that they deemed was racist. But now they're in violation of the Civil Rights Act because the people who are Native American went to school to be named after a Native American mascot. I, I love it. I love all these contradictions. It's amazing. And then look, the, they're, they're not being needy here, right? The suit asked for temporary restraining order, a preliminary and permanent injunction to prevent enforcement of the law, a declaratory judgment that the law is unconstitutional, attorney's fees, and nominal damages damages of one dollar one dollar one dollar one dollar that's yeah. it <laughs> okay that it's, one's fun it's drew now one dollar drew oh drew that's right well drew carry the price is right that's all right so something. that that one's fun and let's do a little fact checking the fact checkers real quick while we're coming up on the uh on the hour real fast austria i saw this one on twitter and twitter let me know that austria is banning the unvaccinated from restaurants as COVID-19 cases surge. Now, Charlie, when I tell you that Austria is banning unvaccinated people from restaurants, what do you assume is going on here? Hmm. Probably they're banning unvaccinated people from restaurants is what I would go with. I think so. Yeah. Now, as an American person, when we're going on through On the inside, all, at least, not yeah, the outside. When we're going through all these mandates and all this stuff, like when you see other countries doing stuff like this, you think you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, let me see. We're not the only crazy people out here. You know, this is not a, we're not the only people doing crazy stuff. Uh, it could be worse. Could be a lot worse. But a little fact check in here for you. Remember the title, Aust Austria bans, I keep wanting to say Australia. Austria bans the unvaccinated from restaurants as COVID-19 COVID cases surge. Austria said on Friday, it is barring those not fully vaccinated against COVID-19 from cafes, restaurants, and hairdressers as infections approach the record set a year ago. And the government struggles to convince holdouts to get the shot. 
Roughly 64% of Austria's population is fully vaccinated, in line with the European Union average, but one of the lowest rates in Western Europe. Many Austrians are skeptical about vaccines, as is the far-right Freedom Party, the third biggest party in Parliament. These exclude, these include barring the unvaccinated from hotels, events of more than 25 people, and importantly for a country that is a winter sports hotspot, ski lifts. There will be a four-week transition period in which a first vaccination plus a PCR test will grant admission to places where the unvaccinated will be banned. After that, now here's the important point. We've been talking this whole time about the unvaccinated being banned. Here's the last line from Reuters. After that, only the fully vaccinated and those who have, had re- who have recently recovered from a coronavirus infection will be let in. Mm. It is, in fact, the case that they are banning people who are completely COVID antibody-free, the non-antibody side of the population. They are accepting natural immunity for this. So not necessarily have you been vaccinated. You might have also had COVID. Mm. But the title itself says that they're banning unvaccinated people. Throughout the entire article, until the very last line, they say that anyone who's unvaccinated won't be able to do any of this stuff. And in the last line, they say that only fully vaccinated or people who have recently recovered from coronavirus infection will be let in. Which is exactly what Europe's doing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, So, it's very, very interesting. I don't know how recent it, it is. I will tell you that. I don't know what the recentness of it. I was first, now they added that line in there, by the way, because I read the actual article yesterday when I posted about this. Reuters didn't mention it at all. AP also said that they were banning unvaccinated people. But then in the first paragraph, they said that people who have had COVID uh, would be able to enter the restaurants also. So they did at least put it in their article. Well, how nice of them. But the thing, the, the misinformation, the manipulation from the article headlines is really what bothers me because no one reads the articles they especially don't read to the end of the article. They get the news from either the headline or the first line in the article. Or us. Or us. Those are your only options. And, and other, on getting the and news. other shows All right. out there. So I also think it would be important to note, and Reuters and AP know that they don't want to put this in the headlines, that some governments recognize that when you have COVID, you might have some antibodies afterwards. Just weird... Mm-hmm pseudoscience over there very crazy. R- very rarely you don't yeah but um but most people who have covid do yeah most i think the the study said that somewhere around 92 or 93 percent of people had had antibodies afterwards it was pretty high pretty high pretty high rate some of it lasts for a long time some of it doesn't last for a long time of course the tests don't exactly pick up all of that because they're not really testing your memory T and B cells. For all you know, you might not have the antibodies right there, but your body might remember how to kick up the antibodies as soon as you do get another infection. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you're someone who survived COVID, you're statistically highly likely to survive COVID. Just Considering you're one for one. Yeah, like you survive COVID, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like we've whittled the population down and, and people who have survived it to mm-hmm. people who can survive it, you know? Hey, I'm just saying. Went in Rome. Anyway, is there a way to test your T? I'm not saying there isn't a way to test it. I'm saying a lot of our some of the you, tests, the antibody tests, aren't I think aren't picking up on all of that. And some of y'all out there have memory LGBTQ cells. Mm. Plus, plus, almost. you almost got canceled right almost. there. That was close. Almost. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show, then please share it with the friends and the foes and the children. Share it with the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> and those Share who have natural immunity. And those 
Who bear natural immunity? <laughs> Share it around. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts if you get the chance, which you do right now. Just go do it. And uh, follow us wherever you follow podcasts. The plus sign on Apple Podcasts. The follow button on Spotify. The subscribe on SoundCloud. I don't even know. Are we on SoundCloud? SoundCloud? That, I don't think we're on that. That old know. Wild yeah, West of a platform. Yeah. Google Play. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Just hit the subscribe button. Follow. Hit hit a bunch of cell cells. Hit a bunch of buttons until every episode's downloaded. Um, if you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.